What's up, Bolt fam? This is Lyric back with my Fate Sports. I've taken a bit of a hiatus from this pod. Been busy this season doing some podcasts with the Utah Utes with Fan Nation. Um, it's been really cool. It was a fun season for the Utes. They beat USC twice, which was probably the highlight of it. Won the Pac-12 and uh, lost to Penn State in the Rose Bowl. But back-to-back Rose Bowl seasons, back-to-back uh, Pac-12 champions, which is cool, and made uh, Caleb Williams cry twice this year. So that was basically the highlights of it. But my attention goes back to the Chargers now. Um, I've been doing the memes on Instagram, which has been fun to get a good laugh in once or twice a week. But wanted to hop back on the pod for uh, the playoffs at least. It's been a weird season. Hard season to evaluate Staley due to the injuries. Um, you know, we've had Keenan, Herbert's ribs, Rashawn Slater, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Jalen Guyton, which I think is probably the most underrated injury of the season. JC Jackson, which was weird. I know we all kind of feel a certain way about that. Michael Davis has been awesome um, since he went down. And the Dustin Hopkins injury, I mean, the best thing the Chargers have done all year is find good kickers to replace their injured ones. Um, pretty stoked with Cam Dicker. Hope he sticks around. But let's get down to it. Really, the the big hot topic of the week is to rest or not rest the starters at the end of the regular season. It's really a lose-lose situation, depending on if you lose your playoff game. I remember the Colts in like 2010-ish, they were going to be undefeated and they rested their starters the last week of the regular season. They lost that game, so they were, I think, what would it be back then, 15-1. and one. And then they lost their playoff game after their rested bye. So they had two weeks off, they lost, and the big debate was, oh, they shouldn't have rested their starters, they're out of rhythm, they lose momentum, which are things I believe in. Um, so it's a weird situation. But then if you win your playoff game, nobody cares either way, and, and no one remembers even. So it's weird. I hate going off hindsight. It's unfair to everyone involved. Um, but with this situation, we were all live in the moment saying, buddy, it's it's time to pull out the starters. So you can say it's hindsight, but if you're following live on Twitter, on Instagram, everyone's saying in the moment, this is this is not good, pull them out. Um, there was a real chance that Herbert wasn't even going to suit up in this game once we knew we were locked into the five seed. I would have been bummed with that because I care about certain things like his starting streak, the Marino record, which he got. And I think that rhythm and momentum going into the playoffs are a good thing. So after the first touchdown drive to Keenan, I thought that was a clean operation. I thought that was going to be it, but he comes back out. I thought the end of the first quarter would be it, but kept playing. Certainly thought halftime would be the cutoff, but he kept the stars out there then. So then, then it got kind of ugly. Mike Williams gets hurt. He's not practicing still this week. They say he's going to play, but we don't really know. It's hard to tell when he's not practicing. I understand Staley's reason that you only have so many guys. You know, it's a 48-man roster. It's not like the preseason. So I still think you got to pull your star players, your vets, and the players with injury histories like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, um, Herbert, who's maybe 98% back from his ribs, but it's still a risk. So you still have your guys that go in at the end of the game. They were just standing around for three-plus quarters. So... To say, yeah, we can't play all our backups the whole time, I get to a degree, but you still have those guys that are just waiting around to go into the game. So what's the difference if we put Chase Daniel in at the second quarter or halfway through the fourth? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. 
Should have activated more receivers, knowing that we're already pretty slim in that position anyways. Get Bandy in there, get Jason Moore in there, get Keenan and Mike out of there. Um, although Keenan did say he liked that he was able to play and you know get more reps. Obviously got another touchdown for the season, which is probably important to him. I get it, but um, bigger picture here. Plus, I think one thing you can assume since you're playing the AFC South team in the playoffs, it's going to be on Saturday. So considering you're the two franchises that have been threatened to move to London at some point, assume that you're on a short week headed into the playoffs. You're going to be playing on Saturday, and this is a Sunday afternoon game. So you're already at a disadvantage there. I'm really back and forth on Staley. Sometimes I think he's innovative and aggressive, which I like and is motivating to the team, but he's pretty inconsistent with his stances on fourth downs and a lot of things go into that I think not having Keenan with us most of the year is probably one of the biggest factors that have gone into that just because you feel like you can't win a a quick one-on-one matchup at the line of scrimmage but it's just been hard to get a read on him he doesn't let anyone play in the preseason but then lets his star players that are injury prone play in a meaningless week 18 game on a short week headed into the playoffs like it, it just doesn't add up uh, he crushes it with the media. I feel like he's a great public speaker, which <laughs> is not really like the number one qualification of a coach, but it certainly helps. Um, but eventually, like we just want results, right? Like that, at the end of the day, we just want wins. We don't really care how we get them. Some of us care how we get them, but at the end of the day, you just want the wins and you just want to have playoff success. I don't think he's lost the team, and that's really the most important thing. Even though at times you think he's lost some of their confidence, uh, like one of the weeks when Keenan wasn't playing and we didn't get it on a fourth down and went for it again and barely got it, Keenan's like tweeting. I mean, you'll never hear Justin Herbert badmouth a criminal, so we can't get a good read from Herbert on how he feels about Staley. He loves everybody. Um, But overall, like we saw Derwin get him a Christmas gift, and every time the players talk about like their relationships with him, it's always you know, the highest praises. So it's really hard to get a read on Staley. Um, I mostly just want to coach with consistency. I think you can, you should be able to count on a good boss or a good leader to be the same guy every day. Um, You can tell by Staley's press conference over the last several weeks, they've kind of been fluctuated uh, in attitude and energy, really depending on the results of the game. Like he's gotten a little short, a little flustered, obviously when Games haven't gone our way, but I think that's kind of when a team loses confidence in a leader. Um, You know, Bill Belichick, say what you will about him, but he's the same guy every day, no matter if the Pats are 18-0 or if they throw the fail Mary to the Raiders. Mike Tomlin, same guy every day. Andy Reid, consistent, always the same. So that's the thing that has kind of been concerning me lately. I don't think I'll ever challenge a coach on, like, X's and O's. It's like a Led Zeppelin fan telling Jimmy Page how he should play a solo. Like the time they've put in versus the time we've spent on our couch watching Red Zone, licking the hot Cheeto dust off our fingers, it just doesn't compare. Put 99% of fans up on a chalkboard and have them work through route concepts versus coverage, they wouldn't know where to begin, but we're all so quick to point the finger at Joe Lombardi and tell him you know, what needs to be adjusted for a good offense. I get some things, like pushing the ball down the field, easier when you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Rashawn Slater and uh, Corey Lindsley and a quarterback that doesn't have broken ribs like 
I'm not quick to criticize uh, coaches on play calling in X's and O's, but I think it is fair to criticize general decision-making in situational football if you don't play the results live in the moment. That's the, kind of the key thing. You got to be right in the moment. You can't go back after the fact and play the results. I think we've all watched enough football and bad coaching decisions week to week, season to season, and logged enough Madden hours to know you shouldn't call a timeout 30 seconds into the second half. Shout out New York Jets. This general decision-making criticism live in the moment is what happened on Sunday with Staley and the Chargers and, and letting the starters play way too long. So all that to say, I think the jury's still out on Staley. Um, but it's weird that he's kind of placed himself back on the hot seat in a way. It really comes down to this playoff performance, which is stupid that it all comes down to this one game. But this is the biggest game of his coaching career. It's the biggest game of Herbert's career. Um, it's just a weird situation. And you really could have chalked this season up to injuries, but they kind of steadied the ship. Um, if they missed the playoffs... There were so many injuries that you could have pointed that and maybe his job would have been safe. But the team has really rallied and had enough success that they're in the tournament now. So now it comes down to how you perform when you're there. We'll see if he helps elevate the team or maybe based on this performance, we'll find out that maybe we should just credit the absurd talent on this roster for the way the season has gone and the games that they've won. Maybe they're winning in spite of him rather than because of him. I can't think of too many games. I mean, the defense has gotten better, but it's also like, look who we're playing, you know? Like, since the Miami game, where that was the best defensive performance we've seen against a good offense, and still, depending on what you think of Tua, I don't know. Was it that great? Like, Michael Davis and Asante and uh, Alohi Gilman, like, the secondary played awesome. I don't know. It's it's not like two is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. That being said, like that performance was probably the best like Brandon Staley moment of like, hey, look, he got the defense to like do something awesome and it's been pretty dang good ever since. Again, look at look at the teams we've played, you know. Not a whole lot of uh top end offenses um in this last little stretch here. So, Jacksonville kicked the crap out of us in week 3. Obviously, it's hard to beat a team twice, and Trevor Lawrence didn't look great this last week against the Titans in like a big must-win game for him. Like That was the biggest, biggest game of his career so far. They're a pretty balanced team overall, offense, defense, their weapons across the board. Like They don't have massive strengths. They don't have massive weaknesses either. I think they're pretty balanced, pretty well coached. Um, I think we're healthier now than we were in week three, I think. A lot of that depends, you know, on Mike Williams. We're hopefully getting Bosa at mostly full strength and uh, Rashawn Slater's off the IR, but he's not going to play this week. So honestly, it'll probably just come down to a final drive and a kick. Like it, the spread's like one and a half. I think the Chargers are favored right now. So it's really just going to come down to that last drive, situational football at the end, and maybe a Cameron Dicker kick. Hopefully Cameron Dicker kick from inside 50 yards and fingers crossed. I like our chances there. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see the fallout of this game. As far as uh, Brandon Saley's future is concerned, we'll see. Hopefully we can just get, hopefully we just get clarity one way or the other. Either I want it to be really good and we know that he's legit at least for another season or two, or it's bad enough that we can just rip the bandaid off now, 
try to make a case for Sean Payton, even though ownership is maybe his biggest qualification. That might be our biggest weakness, but I just want to figure it out. All right, a couple Charger notes um, not having to do with this particular season or this week. John Hadle passed away recently. I wish we heard more from the organization about it. Um, probably a missed opportunity to connect with the San Diego fan base, which I think is important. He's probably a B or C list Charger great. He's a member of the only championship the Chargers have ever had. They were AFL champions in 1963. Um, they kicked the crap out of the Boston Patriots, which I like. Um, and he had a rushing touchdown in the game. He was a quarterback, punter, teammate of Lance Allworth, coached by Sid Gilman. He ranked third all-time in passing yards when he retired. AFL All-Star four times, NFL Pro Bowler two times. Kansas Jayhawks legend and a member of the Chargers Hall of Fame and College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, rest in peace. I wish we heard more from the organization uh, when that happened. Not even a social media post. One last thing. Congrats to Don Coriel, named a Hall of Fame finalist this year. He was a Chargers coach in the 80s, coached Dan Fouts, Kellen Winslow, that era. Air Coriel, as they call him. One of the most innovative offenses of all time, largely responsible for the way football is played and the way it looks today. Probably wins the Super Bowl in 1982, if not for the Freezer Bowl game, which was in Cincinnati. Chargers lost 27-7 to the Bengals. Um, their aerial offense just couldn't withstand the uh, weather that day. It was negative 9 degrees plus 27 mile per hour winds, putting it at a negative 60 degrees with the wind chill. Uh, just a brutal way to lose. Um, Chargers have had some bad breaks over the years, what can I say? The Professional Football Researchers Association named Coriel to the PFRA Hall of Very Good Class of 2010, the year that he died. Um, I have some feelings on the Hall of Fame. want to get off my chest real quick. I, I just don't know what we gain from keeping people out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, they put Coriel in the Hall of Very Good the year that he died in 2010. I think we should just put people in and just let them celebrate with their families before they die. One thing that really bothers me is just like, no, let's keep this guy out of the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you gain from that? I don't understand. If someone dedicated their life, had a pretty good run, maybe they're not the best all time. Maybe it's just to protect their guys that are in there. And it I guess it dilutes it if you think that players from other teams that make it in that weren't as good as your guy makes your guy look less good. I don't get it. I think it's just, I mean, we care more about Super Bowls than anything else. I think the Hall of Fame is just like a nod to, uh, hey, good job all these years. I mean, maybe I'm saying this from a Philip Rivers angle because I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Never miss a start his entire career. Had some bad breaks in the playoffs. Um, his career numbers are up there with the all-timers. I'm not claiming he's a top five or ten quarterback all-time, but his accomplishments during his career, I mean, if he had better breaks, he probably has a better career than Roethlisberger or Manning, who are probably Eli Manning, who are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. So I say put anyone in the Hall of Fame who's uh, very good, made a difference to the league, had a good run. There are a few things that bug me more than like giving someone their flowers the day they die or the day after they die. I just think people should be celebrated before. So get Corey Ellen, get Phil in. That's my rant. All right. Good luck, Chargers, this week. Uh, good luck, Cameron Dicker's right leg. 
Thanks for listening to My Wife Hate Sports. You can get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most other places you listen. Also follow us on Instagram at Sports underscore. Have a good week.